Hey, thanks so much for being here. This is My City Church, and this is our podcast. We hope you are inspired to love God, love people, and lead in life. Enjoy the message. Good morning, My City Church. How are you guys doing today? Are you doing well? Doing well. I'm excited to share the Word of God for you today. I believe that this Word is going to encourage you. I think it's going to empower you. I think it's going to reveal some things that are hidden deep down within your heart that Christ placed on the inside of you that I believe as before we leave today that you'll have just a glimpse of that so that you'll be able to walk in everything that God has called you to walk in. Can I tell you that each and every single one of you have a purpose? God knows that purpose, I don't. It would actually be foolish of me to tell you what the purpose of God is for your life because that is limiting. And then your calling is based upon what I have said, not what God has planted in your heart. I can maybe help you see that. You know, usually what I found is that people find their calling by getting involved and they find out, hey, I'm really gifted in this area, I'm really gifted in that area. And that's where true purpose and ultimately fulfillment comes from. And so we're starting a sermon series called Here For It. Here For It. I believe that God wants to move in this city I believe that he wants revival in the city of Omaha. I believe that he has called every single human being, a little bit over a million, million one people in the surrounding area of Omaha. I believe that he has called every single one of them by his name for his purpose. But I believe that there's also some things that God is working to put in place in order to bring that calling to fruition. And he wants to use you So although there is specificity in your calling, there is also a generality in your purpose. That as a believer and a follower in Christ, we are all called to one thing, and that is to lift up the name of Jesus. That everyone would know who Jesus is. Now you would think if Jesus wanted everyone to know, he would have done it by now. Well, that's the thing, that's where we come in, is that he wants to use you. So when we're talking about here for it, that's what we're talking about. Hey, I'm here for it, God, for you to bring revival here in the city of Omaha. Sign me up, I'm here for it. And what I believe is that there's no more, uh, the most dangerous prayer you can pray, Reeve. I've said this, I believe it because I prayed it and I found out what God was doing, was seeing a problem, getting a burden and saying, God, here I am, send me. That's what I mean by saying here for it. Is your heart open for God to use you here in this city? Are you saying, God, here I am, send me, I'm here for it? That's why I'm excited to share this word with you today. We'll be opening up scripture after we pray, but on this title, if you're taking notes, if you're taking notes, this is what we're talking about today. If not you, then who? If not you, me, everyone else, then who? Let's pray today. Father God, I thank you for your word. I pray that it would be revealed to us today that it's not just going in one ear and out the other, but open our eyes to see you, open our ears to hear you, Lord, that we would hear what the Spirit is saying to us today. God, I pray that you would feed your people, speak to them, grow them, challenge them, encourage them. Those that have came in with heavy hearts, Holy Spirit, won't you bless them and encourage them today? God, those that are coming in with questions, God, I pray that they would they would start to get glimpses and answers of what you call, you're calling them to. We thank you for being here, Holy Spirit. 
Open our eyes to see you. Open our ears to hear you. And right now, church, open up your hands and say these words after me. Say these words like you, you're hungry. Say these words. Say, Lord, speak to me. I'm listening. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. Let's put our hands together for Jesus this morning. Come on, come on. How great was last week? My beautiful wife preached a powerful message on City Girl Sunday about transformation in Christ. The transformation comes through revelation. That revelation comes through the word of God and also hearing the word of God, applying the word of God to your life. So that's definitely one. If you missed out on last week, it's all right. You can check out the podcast and you can get up to speed on a powerful, transformative message. And so as we jump into the word of God today, how many of y'all brought your Bibles? Let me see it. Let me see it. Lift it up in the air. Perfect. Is it on your phone? That's all right. I got my Bible right here. This is my Bible. Say that word with me. Say, this is my Bible. Say, speak to me, Bible. Amen. Is this guy crazy or what? No. No, I believe God speaks through the word of God. We're going to open up to Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6. It's the second book in the New Testament. And we're going to be preaching out of a passage that I don't believe I have ever shared a sermon or a message out of. Now, I think I have with an offering message, but not necessarily a sermon on a Sunday. So this is something new for me. I'm excited. I'm ready. How many of y'all ready for the word of God today? Come on, let me see your hands. All right, perfect. All right, here we go. Mark chapter 6, verse 30. We are reading now the NIV translation. And the apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all that they had done and taught. This was right after Jesus sent out the twelve. Uh, to do uh, miracles throughout the villages and, and science. So they came back and they're like, Jesus, yo, all this stuff happened through us. It was amazing. Then, because so many people were coming and going that they didn't even have a chance to eat, they hungry, he said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. Can I tell you, if you ever feel worn out, weary, you can come to Jesus and he will give you rest. How many of y'all thankful that we have Jesus that can give us some rest in this place? In this world that is restless, we have Jesus who can give us rest. Notice how he doesn't say, come with me and you can get some food. They said they haven't eaten. He said, come with me that you may get some rest. So they went away by themselves on a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When Jesus landed and saw the large crowd, he had compassion on them. See, Jesus saw the large crowd and he had compassion on them. Jesus saw the large crowd and he had compassion on them. You know, I lost my place here. Large crowd, okay, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. By this time, it was late in the day, so his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it's already very late. Send the people away so that they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered, you give them something to eat. They said to him, that would take more than half a year's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? How many loaves do you have? He asked. Go and see. That's good. Go and see. Go and see. When they found out, they said, five and two fish, five loaves of bread. 
and two fish. Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. That's awesome because he said that they are like sheep without a shepherd. And he had them lie down in green grass. I wonder if Jesus was almost prophetically fulfilling Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. That's good, but we're not talking about that today. So they, <laughs> so they sat down in groups in hundreds and fifties. Everyone say structure. Oh, that was weak sauce, man. Everyone say structure. structure. Groups of hundreds and fifties taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up 12 baskets fulls of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number of the men who had eaten was 5,000. The number of men, not the people that were there, that was just the men, because in that time they only really counted the men. So many scholars believe that it was maybe 10, maybe even upwards to 15,000 people Jesus fed with five loaves of bread and two fish. Notice that there are so many people there, and Jesus has this idea. He says, Hey, disciples, I need you to know this, and I need the church to know this today. Write this down. This is our first point. We're diving right into it, that people are not the problem. People are not the problem. The disciples are going to Jesus, and they're saying, Jesus, send them home so that they can get some food. Send them home. Why? Because the disciples are hungry. They want some time to rest. And they're thinking, if I could just get away from the responsibility... I can find rest. If I can just get away from what God has entrusted me with, then I can get some rest. So they go to Jesus and said, Jesus, send them away. Now, whether this was their real concern over the people, I don't think it was a concern over the people. I don't think they were thinking about them being hungry. They were thinking about themselves. Why? We read earlier they hadn't eaten. They were going there to get a place of rest. So we're talking about the disciples' comfort. Now, it's important for you to understand that God will always call you to things that are uncomfortable. The devil wants you to live a life of comfort. He wants you to keep you just comfortable enough that you don't ever change. And God wants to use tension to grow you so that you can carry what he has for you. Don't shy away from comfort or from discomfort. Don't shy away from discomfort. Embrace it. Because count it all joy when you encounter various trials of many kind, knowing that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Can I tell you that your discomfort grows you? So the disciples, they, 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 were, they were looking for comfort in this, and they saw the people as a problem. Tell you what, if we approach this city and we look at the people as a problem, that's a problem. Because then we start to look at them as, well, we just got to fix them up and get them right. We just, we just need to have them, you know, they just need to go away and they just need to get fed first and then they can come into the house of God. Oh, come on. Do we as a church expect people to behave before they ever come into the house of God? Do we expect them, they gotta get their whole, oh, I know that you're thirsty. Just stop being thirsty and then you can come into the house. And I'm talking, when I say thirsty, I mean thirsty. We tell the world, hey, well, they just gotta go get their stuff right. And then they can come because, you know, we need, we have our needs too. And so we expect them to change. Or it's the other way that we try to change them before they come into the house. Or they're in the house and we're trying to change them. 
And this is what I need you to know today is that only the Holy Spirit can change the heart. If you're here last week, you're hearing my wife talk about, hey, that revelation, that transformation that happens in people's, that happens through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that changes people, not you. Now, we're not trying to go around and change this city. I know we call our team city changers. How many city changers we got in here? This, let me see your hands. That's our team here. They make everything happen. Everything. I'm talking about everything happen here, not just on Sundays, but also midweek. This church would not be possible without you. Come on, can we put our hands together for the city changers this morning? Oh, you could do better than that. Come on, put your hands together. Come on. We call them city changers, but let's be honest, you're not gonna change the city. Because if you're changing the city, then it's contingent upon you. No, 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 you get a revelation, a burden, and you're available for God to change the city through. Now, God changes it through you, but you're not the one that changes it. You're not the one that, I just gotta get the city right. No, 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 no. You are partnering and you are available to the Holy Spirit so that he can change people. In your life, can I tell you, you can't control people. And the best advice I can give you is to pray for people before you ever try to change people. If you're not praying for them and you're trying to change them, that's called manipulation. Because you're trying to get a result without transformation. So you start with prayer. You start with prayer for your loved ones. You start with prayer for your friends. You don't just say, hey, here's a 10-step process to help you feel better about yourself, no. It's like, no, they need an encounter with God. So if we're gonna change people, we don't change them. We're available for the Holy Spirit to change them. See, the Bible says that we are the light of the world. We're the light of the world, the city on a hill. That light is Jesus Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit that shines through us. So it's not us that changes people, but it's the Holy Spirit that changes people. And so everything that we do isn't for people. Even on a Sunday, on a Monday, on a Tuesday, it's not for people. It's for God. You enter a dangerous place when you're doing everything for people. People will always disappoint you. Anyone ever been disappointed in people before? Yeah. People will always disappoint you. I've heard people that are deconstructing their faith and they go, oh, I'm just walking, you know, the church hurt me, the church did this. It's like, no, you put your faith in a person. And people will always disappoint you. Jesus won't. So your faith wasn't in Jesus, it was in a person. And so when you're disappointed, you walked away from the church because you felt like, well, that's Jesus. No, 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 you put your faith in the wrong place. So when we're doing stuff, like even as a church, everything we do, we do it for God. This worship, we're doing it for God. The coffee out there, they'd be brewing a pot of coffee in the name of Jesus. Some of you think that's trivial. No, it says whatever your hand finds to do, you do it with all of your might as if you're doing it for the Lord. Not for human masters. No, 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 no. I'm not doing it for anyone else. That can help keep me grounded because then I'm swayed by other people's opinions. No, no, no. I'm doing everything for the name and the glory of Jesus Christ. We park in cars for Jesus' name. Right? We're waving people and we got the signs in there. That's in the name of Jesus. We're setting up this room in the name of Jesus. We do what we do for God. And team, you gotta get this today, that everything you are doing today isn't for me, it's not for your leader, it's not for anyone else, it's for Jesus. This is a, a cultural pivot right here that I need this church to have. It's not even for the unsaved person. Because it doesn't start with them. 
Because then if it's for the unsaved person, then I'm the one changing. No, 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 no. I'm available for God, and if everything my hand finds to do, I'm doing it with all my might as if I'm doing it for the Lord. I'm giving room for the Holy Spirit to change them, not me. So I'm doing it for Jesus. I'm doing it for God first. I'm doing it for God, but I'm also doing it for people. But that's not where I start. I start with doing it for God. We do it for God first. So you get this today. This is another point that I need you to take home, is that the city is not a problem to fix, but a people to feed. It's not a problem to fix. It's not saying, hey, we, we just got to fix, we just got to go through and we got to get everyone right. Well, God, send them away. And what will happen is God will send you away. And this happens because our hearts. Can I tell you, if you are in Omaha, you're in Omaha for a reason. And you got to settle that in your heart. You got to believe that. You got to get a heart for this city. We have to love this city. We can't curse this city. We can't curse Council Bluffs. We can't curse Elkhorn. We can't curse South Omaha. We can't curse Gretna, like the surrounding area. We can't curse our city. We gotta love our city. Because when I start to curse my city, you say, well, God, send it away if it wasn't for this city, and God will send you away. Because he says, no, no, I need you to get a hold of that. I've sent you here for a purpose. I need you to have a revelation here that you are here for the possibilities of the things that I wanna do in and through you in this city. And if you start to curse the city, God's like, I can't have that here. So some of y'all be like, well, I feel like God's sending me. You best he is. Because if we don't have a heart for this city, God will send you away from this city. He will. We want to be able to follow God, whatever God wants us to do. And God said, hey, I want you to understand today. I feel like God is saying to you, this church, I have graced you for such a time as this. That you are here for a reason. You are here for a purpose you have something to contribute in this city. The problem is if we see this city as a problem, we'll start to see the people as a problem. And then, get this, then we will try to escape the people rather than feed them. So here we are in this dilemma here in Omaha, Nebraska, where I feel like we have churches that are trying to escape the world rather than trying to feed the world. And when I say feed, I'm talking about we have the solution. We are the light of the world. Jesus is calling us to go therefore and make disciples of all nations, that he has gone before us in preparing the hearts of every single loved one that you encounter, every single friend that you encounter, every single conversation that you have. Jesus wants them to encounter him more than you do. He does. We can have an assurance knowing that God has gone before us and preparing their hearts. And so he's hidden it in our hearts, that solution. He says to the disciples, write this down today, you feed them. You. Not anyone else. Not the pastors. Not the politicians. Democrat, Republican, they're not the solution. We can put our hope in Congress, but they will disappoint us. Just, just in case you haven't <laughs> figured that out yet. We can put our hope in government. We can put our hope in society and culture. No, 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 you will be disappointed. Jesus turns to the disciples. He says, what do you got? You feed them. Well, Jesus, I don't got anything to give. Well, what do you have? What do you have? 
for this city? What has God given you for the city of Omaha? Because how I see Omaha and how I see every single person in this city is that they know they need Jesus. Whether they would say it with their mouth, it is true, deep within their heart, there's something crying out knowing that they need something that they don't have. They know they need Jesus, they know they need church. The problem is, is they just don't know if the church will have the, the doors open long enough for them to believe before they behave. So we have people thinking they need to get their right, life right first before they come into the house of God. Now there is a transformation process that happens, but Jesus does that. As people get closer to Jesus, that happens in people's lives. So this church will always be a place. This will always be a house for the people that are far from God, that were cussing last night, that were watching pornography last night, that were in the strip club last night, that were dealing drugs last night, that were gossiping last night, that were hitting their family members last night, to come and encounter the house of God, encounter Jesus. This will always be a place. Is there room for people's journey in your heart? I'd say most people are trying to find God and they need someone to be a light and an arrow for them. And so if we're gonna be the hands and feet of Jesus, we gotta feed them. What does it look like? We gotta be able to see the crowd, not as a problem, but as a possibility. That we see, wow, I was once lost, but now I'm found. And so I see every single person in this city as someone that Jesus loves, that someone that Jesus died for. I see every single person in this city, I'm seeing it, what am I doing? I'm opening my eyes to see the people are not a problem, but they're actually a possibility. A possibility, is it possible that this person could come to know Jesus? Absolutely it is. Don't write someone off in your heart. Don't write someone off. And you gotta be available to that. You gotta be available to seeing every single person as someone that God wants to love, as someone that God wants to reach. Write this down today, that your greatest ability is your availability. It's being available for God. We're not going around blaming people Going, well, if they would have ate before they came, they would have just came more prepared. But I see a church, and this is, this is what we need to shift in the atmosphere of this city. I see a church that goes around just blaming everything. This is why it is. Well, if we could just, we could just fix the government, then everything would be all right. When we start blaming things, well, if, if, if they would just completely overturn Roe v. Wade in every single state, then this country would be blessed. And I'm not sitting there talking about principalities and, and spirits of, of this dark world right now. I'm more of talking about how easy it is to blame everything else rather than being available to be the solution to the problem. It's so easy. And you know what blaming does? Blaming mitigates our conviction to do something about it. Well, I'd work out if I had more time, said everyone every day. I'd be available for God if it wasn't for, you know, I gotta work. I understand that. I do. Just be mindful if you start blaming the city 
or blaming your situation rather than seeing and asking the question, God, what do you wanna do right now? What do you wanna do in the middle of this situation? How can you use this? God, I'm available for you to use this. I'm gonna be available for God to do something here. But in order to be available, first you have to open your eyes to see the possibility of what God wants to do through you here. Because I believe that you're called to Omaha. Do you believe that you're called to Omaha? If you're here, you might as well be here, right? Newsflash, if you're unhappy where you are, more times than not, it has to do with you rather than your situation. And you can blame your situation. If I just got out of this, if I just got out of that, and first you gotta get it right in your heart. Now, I'm not talking about things because everyone, they'll take the pastor's words and be like, see, this is why you need to stay in an abusive relationship. No, <laughs> that's not. Don't take that that far. I'm talking about like your location, your emotional state, right? The grass is not greener on the other side. Well, if I just wasn't married to this person. No, that's outside of the will of God. So you're gonna leave this spouse and expect you to be faithful to the next spouse? What's gonna happen when you're unhappy with that one? Because if you're unhappy, you're unhappy. If you're unfulfilled, you're unfulfilled. And what I see is a bunch of people pursuing opportunity rather than purpose. Can I tell you that your fulfillment comes through walking in your purpose? And your purpose starts with the revelation of saying, God can use you right now. I don't care how young you are. I don't care how old you are. God can use you right now. Can I tell you that if you're not dead, God's not done. God has placed a dream inside each and every single one of your hearts. And some of you have given up on that dream. Some of you have thrown in the towel and said, well, I guess that wasn't God. Or I guess that wasn't supposed to happen. And what I feel like I'm called to plant here in this city is from the young to the old, those dead dreams come into life again. Forsaken futures that you've given up on the call of God in your life, can I tell you, God's not done with you yet. He's not. You canceled your calling, God didn't. You feel like dry bones in this place? Can I tell you, the Holy Spirit is here to bring life to those dry bones. Now you are one act of obedience away from walking in the purpose that God has called you to. One act of obedience away. Let's start with God. What are you asking me to do right now? I believe that God's not done with me. And I believe that God's not done with you. Do you believe that God's not done with you? That's where it starts is opening your eyes to see the possibility that God can use a small boy with five loaves and two fish or disciples that are hungry, that have been working all day and going away to get rest, that God can use me even right now after I'm exhausted, I feel like I'm expired, that I feel like I have nothing to give. No, God has something for each and every single person here in this house to contribute to bring revival in this city. He has it for you. 
Now, this isn't all like, yeah, Jesus has it all for you, and you know what? You live your best life now type stuff. No, your best life is found in Jesus. I'm saying that if you want to find your life, you got to lose it for his sake. If you want to find it, you have to lose it. But he who seeks to find his life will lose it. And so I see a bunch of people going around seeking opportunity rather than pursuing their purpose. And so we see that this young boy, he comes to Jesus and he has five loaves and two fish and Jesus looks up and gives thanks to God. This little boy was available. The disciples, even though they were tired, were available. They were open. God, I know. I feel like the day's done. God's not done. I feel like that's a word for you today. God's not done. He's not done with you. He still wants to use you right here, right now. So we see Jesus kept giving the bread. That's a carb lover's dream right there. <laughs> He's just kept on giving the bread. It's like the waiter that comes up, would you like some more bread? Uh, yes. Do you want more chips and salsa? Do I even need to say yes? If it's empty, please fill it. And gorge on chips. And Jesus kept giving the bread. And then he sat them down in groups of 50. Say structure. Structure. Write this down today. That structure creates something that God can fill and use. He sat them down in groups of 50 and 100. Another translation say 50s and 100s. So he had some kind of structure to it. It wasn't chaos. There was structure. There needs to be structure because Jesus isn't the one doing it. We're the ones doing it, and he knows how chaotic our minds are. He says, settle down, sit down, and receive. Settle down, sit down, groups of 50, and receive. Jesus didn't give the food to anyone. So the revival that we're praying for, the Holy Spirit isn't just gonna manifest and start walking around talking to people about Jesus. Jesus isn't the one that feeds them. He gives it to the disciples and they feed them. Why do we have structure? We have structure because it gives God something to fill and use. Why do we have signs out there? Because it gives God something to fill and use. Why do we have seating in here? Why do we direct people down certain aisles? Because it gives God something to fill and use. It's giving structure. Why is the band in here always prepared to sing their hearts out, even when the lyrics fail? Because it gives God something to fill and use. Why is our kids team writing their own curriculum, trying to figure out things for Easter and Christmas? Why are they trying to do that? Because it's giving God something to fill and use. Why do we change the lobby and make it look pristine and not like a high school, but actually feel welcoming and inviting? Because it gives God something to fill and use. Everyone say structure. There's a structure that God has. He has his plan. And if God has a plan, he is looking for someone to fulfill that plan. So he's looking for someone. Can I ask you this question today? Can you be available for God to feed the people in this city? Because Jesus isn't gonna do it. If he was gonna do it, if he wanted to do it, he would have done it by now. 
but he hasn't. Why? Because he's looking for a people. So I got the bread. I got the fish. I just need some hands. God, I just need some calloused hands. I just need some people. Oh, that hurt. My soft hands. You got to get in it. You got to get gritty. You got to put your hands to the plow. God wants to move in this city more than you do. But can I tell you, revival starts with you. And your response to the people and the burden of the city determines the results. What's your response? I pray that God would open our eyes to see the opportunities that we pass by every day. I've missed some opportunities, but that doesn't mean that God's passed me by. You've missed some opportunities, but can I tell you, God hasn't passed you by. I pray that your eyes would be open, just as John 4, 34 says, that my food, Jesus said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. The disciples were hungry, but Jesus knew, hey, hey, there's a bigger thing, my food. And so I need you to open up your eyes and see that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And this will be a church that says, hey, you know what, God? I'm a worker. I'm available for you, God. Well, there's nothing special about me. That's good. Because God wants to use the ordinary people. God wants to use just the ordinary person. There doesn't need to be. Can I tell you, that's almost even better that there's nothing special about you. And if you're in here thinking, well, I got, I'm the shiz and I got everything they give, God will humble you in time. In time. And it happens at your pace. But God's looking for ordinary people. He chose the disciples, a bunch of fishermen, a bunch of ordinary people. And I can tell you that this church, from this day forward, is gonna be full of a bunch of ordinary people who are available for God to do the extraordinary through. That's who we're called to be. We're called to just be an ordinary person. An ordinary person has something to give. An ordinary person like my little girl, Eva. Can you come out? She's back there. Eva, what do you got? What's in that bag? Oh, we got some bread in here? All right, let me see it here. Hold that, hold the backpack there. All right, so she's got some bread. We got five in here? All right, perfect. Five loaves of bread. And we got two beef sticks. <laughs> yeah, because who likes fish? Well, I was looking it up. It was more like they had like jerky fish. It wasn't like a fresh fish the kid wasn't carrying. He probably salted it and, and was carrying it around. So this, does this look like it would feed everyone here? She says, no. Do you know the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000? So what did Jesus do? So the little kid gave this to the disciples. They actually gave it to Andrew, the disciple. You don't hear a lot about Andrew. Everyone think you need to be Peter, James, and John. No, no, no. It was Andrew, ordinary person. Jesus asked, how do we feed them? He was talking to Philip. You can read this account in John. Don't get so obsessed with your name being great. Don't get so obsessed. It's about his name, not yours. Where did we get the thought that it was about me? What was that song? Uh, the casting crowd. 
Cause I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody all about somebody who saved my soul. I ain't gonna go anymore. <laughs> That's a song. So this little kid brings five loaves and two fresh, brings it to the disciples, they bring it to Jesus, Jesus breaks it, and he starts to distribute it. And thousands upon thousands of people get fed because of one little child's availability. I'm saying there's a city right now in need, and it's looking for some people who are called by his name to humble themselves, pray, seek his face, and be available for him, and God wants to reach this city. And so I'm asking you today, do you wanna be available for this city? Will you be available to this city for God to be the extraordinary through? Will you? If it's your heart's all sincerity, this is before God, not before me. I'm gonna turn around. Before God and not for me. If you wanna be available for this city, I want you to stand to your feet. You're not doing it for me. Right now you're saying, God, I wanna be available for you to do the extraordinary through. Amen. Everyone stood up. If you're not standing, you can feel free to stand. We'll close here. But I'm just looking for 12 people. That's all I need. That's all Jesus need. Here's a little girl this year. I'm gonna have you hold on to that. Okay, can you hold on to that? Okay. And she's gonna stay up here. Now I need 12 more people. 12 more people. If you raise your hand, I need 12 over here. Come out. One. I need 12 more people. Oh, you got something to give. And come up on stage. I need 12 more people. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. One more. I need one more available person. Twelve. Come up here, grab this stuff. We got one little girl. Here, but you can stand right here and we'll get, get this out of the way here. One, two, three, four, five, six. And if I called up 13, then it looks like we don't got. Jesus did 12 baskets, not 13. 12. Huh. And I want this to be, I want to give this illustration because to show the power of one person. This is what was left over. This isn't even what God used. He gave food to each and every single, because they were hungry. The disciples were hungry. You're gonna get filled. Sometimes Jesus just wants to feed the people first, and then he'll feed you. He'll take care of you. Let's not get that flipped as a church to where I just wanna get my fill. No, 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 no. We gotta be available, right? Well, this is all I got. I feel like it's, what is it among so many? God's like, it's perfect. It's exactly what I wanna use. Just an ordinary person. Just an ordinary person who said, God, here I am. Send me. And that's what I want you to grab a hold of today that this church is gonna be full of a bunch of people. Say, God, here we are. Send us. Send us to this city. Send us to the people of this city. Help us to not look at them as being a problem to solve, to fix, but a people to feed. 
And as we get our eyes off of ourselves, God will fill us. So we go to churches and we're just saying, I just need my fill. Tell the world, stay out there. I just need my fill. Me, 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 me. Jesus says, no, 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 you got it backwards. Lose your life for my sake and then you will find fulfillment. You'll be full. You find your fulfillment in laying your life down for his purpose. And I see a whole church that is available for God today. And I'm gonna pray for you that God would give you extraordinary opportunities through the ordinary moments. Thank you so much for listening today. And we wanna give a special thank you to those that give so generously to My City Church. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. If you would like to give today, please hit the link in the description or go to our website at mycitychurch.cc forward slash give. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, please hit the subscribe button and share it on all of your social media. We love you so much. We'll see you next week. God bless.